Well, good morning, Trinity Wesleyan. Can I hear a good morning this morning? So I just want to make a real quick public service announcement. If your children get restless for whatever reason, we have live streaming going on in the cafe, and we also have live streaming going on in the nursery. So if you guys want to, you know, if kids get a little rammy or whatever, you need to take them out for whatever reason, so be. Just go to either one of those two locations. But we love children, so it's not going to bother us any either way. So today we have a special guest. We have Reverend Dr. Christopher Baldwin, and he is our pastoral candidate. And the board believes that he is, that God has ordained the steps for him to be here with us and his family to be with us here today. So we really feel that it is the will of the Father for the next, the next steps as we lead the Lehigh Valley. So without further ado, let's give a big warm welcome to Dr. Christopher Baldwin. All right, very good. Well, it is so good uh, to be with you uh, here this morning. Appreciate Pastor Dave and uh, his introduction. Uh, we've been able to do some ways of connecting with uh, Pastor Dave. He helped me just to kind of get the layout of what was here this morning. So we did a little Facebook video uh, meeting. Uh, and then to close it, you know, he said, well, listen, I'll um, make a deal with you that uh, if you do end up coming, uh, if you will pay my membership to the Hoodie of the Month Club, uh, I promise never to TP your house. And I was like, hey, that's a deal. We'll take it. <laughs> but it really is uh, so good uh, to be with you here this morning. We realize what we have is the nature of it uh, in the Wesleyan Church, that you have an opportunity to come on a weekend meet as many people as you can, and then uh, to be able to preach and share with you, uh, and then you share in a vote after, um, after that. Uh, of course, our interest is great in being here. Uh, we wouldn't be here uh, if that was the case. Um, I do wish that uh, if it would be a little bit different, that I might be able to come to your home, uh, meet over your kitchen table, uh, you know, to be able to share, you share your story, us share our story. Uh, and then a little bit about the future of the church. So we're not quite able to do that. And so this is what we have, and this is what we work with, and this is what we do. I will tell you that I sure am glad that we don't uh, do a pastoral vote after every Sunday, you know. <laughs> a thumbs up or no, this is, this guy's uh, not working, you know. Um, but um, so we really appreciate uh, the board and the staff. They've been incredible. Uh, as you know, uh, they have uh, picked up, you know, uh, extra work uh, in this transition time to keep the church going. And uh, we're just so appreciative of, of their leadership. Do you want to join me in just giving them a hand of thanks uh, for all that they're doing uh, in, this, in this time? Well, really, uh, as I came uh, to thinking about and praying about being here and what it was that I might share... Uh, really, through time of intercession, I've just asked God um, to, to not um, uh, necessarily, you know, think of this as, as a job interview, but help me to put myself in your place and where you're at. Um, you know, obviously, the church is in a season of transition and uh, obviously um, probably not, not anticipated, right, uh, four or five months ago, thinking that we would be uh, in this place. And so we're going to look at the Word of God 
uh, in such a way that might help us in these times of transition. Uh, indeed, I think this is a helpful and even in the greater picture uh, for all of us that, you know, kind of in this pandemic, hopefully we are closer to the finish than we were the beginning. Uh, you know, just a couple nights ago, I was in Target and there was an NCAP display there that actually had wipes and masks and sanitizer. You know, it was like just stocked full and it was buy one, get one free, you know. And I was like, oh, you know, that this actually warms my heart in a very strange way. I, my heart often gets warmed at Target anyways. But, you know, just looking at it, you know, I actually kind of went back to some of those very first days when I was going places and, you know, the, the shelves were empty. Do you remember that? Uh, I remember having to go to a third store for toilet paper, you know. And uh, when I got to that third store, you know, my eyes actually got a little bit teary, you know, just looking at empty shelves all over. So in a lot of ways, like as a whole society, we are beginning again. And so when we met with these kinds of times, what is it that we do with God? <laughs> I don't know if you've heard the story of our journey in getting here. Uh, we were leaving Thursday at 2 p.m. because I thought it's about five, five and a half hours. Wouldn't it be great to leave at 2 o'clock and then get in about 7.30, get checked into the hotel and just have a relaxing night's sleep? Well, that's not quite what happened. We got about halfway here, almost a family, like in Homer, and I look in the back of the car, and I realize that I've forgotten my hang-up clothes. And so I'm driving, I'm looking in the back of my car, and I say, oh, guys, guess what? I forgot my hang-up clothes. I have to go back and get them. Oh, I'm so sorry, you know. So we make this U-turn um, on 81, and we start to head back. Uh, and so we're driving back, and I'm just pretty quiet. Just every few moments, I just throw my head back, and I'm like, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this, you know. And so we get back, and rather than settling in a hotel at 7.30 on Thursday night, we are back in our driveway, ready to go, you know, again. And so I begin pulling out of the driveway. We're going down our road. Now leaving at 7.30, I put the address of the GPS. We're going to end at 1 a.m., and I looked at the family and I said, well, guys, in a crew irony, the message title for Sunday is to begin again. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and we just had a big laugh in the car uh, and then, um, you know, made our way here. Um, so that's what we're going to do. So if you want to open your Bibles to Acts chapter 1, that's actually going to be our text. And so we're going to work our way kind of verse by verse uh, through the first nine verses there. I think we'll have them on the screens for you as well. Uh, the other thing is, is that I'm going to do something that I've never done before. And depending on how this goes, I may never do again. Um, and that is this. I want to give you the notes to the message right up front. Especially, you know, if you're out there parenting in the pew, that way you can just get these notes and get them down, right? Um, but what I wanted to do is to share with you these notes because I want for them to serve as a study guide as we look at the text this morning. Um, and so I, I think that you'll, you'll be appreciative of this, but uh, in the long run. Number one is this, is that God has a plan. God has a plan. 
that when we are in transition and it's time to begin again, here's what we really discover in this, especially when we are able to look back, is that God always has a plan. Even if we didn't, because sometimes we come to these times of transition in our lives involuntarily or unexpectedly, right? All of a sudden, we have to make a job change or we have to move or things like this. There's also great ways that we transition again, right? Like going off to college and, you know, getting married. Um, But we have these times of transition in our life. And so what we want to understand first is that God always has a plan. Number two is this is that God is with us. God is with us. It's not like he's with us and leaves us in times of transition in our lives and then comes back with us again. When we look at it, we see that God is with us, you know, powerfully always in our life and looks for us to acknowledge that. And then three is that God has a purpose. That God has a purpose For every transition, if we hang on to these three things, that God has a plan, God is with us, and that God has a purpose, um, they usually uh, can go much better or at least uh, even go well for us. And so let's go ahead and look at Acts 1, chapters 1, uh, or I'm going to first read verses 1 through 3. It says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. And so this is where the church is at, right? It's the beginning of Acts, and so they have just come through the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And then also... Now there's these times that Jesus has been meeting with them, that he's been showing himself. He's bodily resurrected and now is with his disciples even still over 40 days on a number of occasions. But we know that what's coming still is one more transition where Jesus ascends into heaven. And so we're in that period after the resurrection and before the ascension. And so, you know, Luke begins this way in my former book, Theophilus. So the book of Acts was written by the gospel writer Luke. I don't know if you've known that or kind of acknowledged that. And so what Luke has done is that he wrote for us the gospel of Luke, which was about the life, right, the birth, the life, the ministry, the death of Jesus and the resurrection. And now he's writing this part two in the book of Acts, which amazingly is the story of the ascension and then the expansion of the church. And so Luke details um, greatly for us the ministry of Christ, and then he shows us how the life and ministry of Christ is going to ripple out into all of the world. Um, And so he says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about, you know, what Jesus began to do and to teach. Isn't it great that we have the whole gospel of Luke, but did you notice the word began in there? That even Luke looks back upon his gospel and he says, you know that gospel, that life of Christ, that is only when Jesus was beginning. Right? I mean, we now have 2,000 years where we realize that those gospel accounts were only the beginning of the life and ministry of Jesus. Right? I mean, it's been going on for a long time. Jesus has considered, continued to do miracles and to do amazing things. 
And if you met him, you know, because he's done amazing things in your life. And so he says, I've had this opportunity to write about how it all began with Jesus. And then he goes on to say that he's had all these times, even after his suffering, that he has come and given them these convincing proofs. And so Jesus is saying, look, you guys, I know when you look back and you see me on the cross, and then you experience this resurrection. Jesus is saying this. I want you to know that this has all been God's plan. I know it's not been easy. I know it's not been, uh, you know, the nicest thing to experience. But this was the plan of the Father. That the cross was not the victory of Satan. It was actually his defeat. And we're just getting started. And what is about to happen. And so that's what Jesus wants for them to know. But I think Jesus also remembers that they're in this place where it's about to be his ascension. And so it's like Jesus was with them. He's not with them. He's with them. He's not with them. You know? And so he realizes emotionally it's kind of like this for these disciples. But he wants them to know that in all of this, God has a plan. And it's going according to his plan. I mean, you think about all that we've experienced, you know, through a pandemic. And just when we come to these different times in our lives, you know, never does God look down upon our lives. And he's up in heaven, like pulling his hair out like, oh, no, what do I do now? Right. (laughs) I mean, isn't that a funny thought? I hope it is. You know, like the father is never like, oh, oh, wow. I didn't see this coming. You know, (laughs) you know, he's never like that in our lives. He's always, always you know, with us, and his plan uh, is unfolding. And so uh, it's great to be able to acknowledge that. Let's go on to the next couple of verses then. If we move on to Acts 4 and 5, it says this, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are are you at this time going to restore... Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped a verse here. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem... But wait for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is a wonderful text that, you know, kind of Luke wants to articulate one of the things. He wanted to make sure that the disciples understood. He says, listen, this is what I want you to do, is that I don't want you to leave Jerusalem. Now, in your text, does it also say command? I know that that's what it is here. I don't, maybe some places it might say ask, but it kind of feels like Jesus is giving this command. Don't leave Jerusalem, you know. But I don't see him doing that at all. No, no kind of finger wagging like, now you guys don't leave Jerusalem. Think of it this way. I see Jesus kind of on the edge of his seat if he's seated. And in his eyes and in his face is this excitement for the disciples. And he says, listen, now what I want you to do, I don't want you to leave Jerusalem because there's a gift that the Father has promised in the Holy Spirit. I think Jesus was so excited about this for the disciples. I don't know, have you ever uh, had a time in your life, maybe as a parent or as a friend, where you bought a gift and you couldn't wait for the person to open it, (laughs) right? I mean, it's a fun feeling, isn't it? And sometimes we get to experience, maybe around Christmas or birthdays, 
You know, I believe that's the posture of Jesus' heart here. He's like, oh, I cannot wait until you open this gift that the Father has promised. You know, for Jesus, one of the things that happened in his earthly ministry is that he did all of these amazing things while at the same time he was understanding that he had these great constrictions of the flesh, right? That Jesus could not be, because he was in the flesh, he couldn't be all places at all times. Like he would get tired and he had these appetites. And, you know, I mean, it it was a bit, you know, shackling to him, you know, to have this flesh. But Jesus in this moment is so excited for the church because it's no longer going to have the limitations that the bodily limitations he had of the flesh. But God is about to pour out his Holy Spirit and give it to every believer. Incredible. I mean, Christ is just so excited about the future of the church and what is about to happen. He is just so excited at the possibilities when the Holy Spirit comes and inhabits his people that now the life and message and love of Jesus Christ will be able to spread wherever it might be able to go just by the people of God taking it there. So, so important. Jesus is like, you know, this parent that is waiting for the child to open this wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit. Now he goes on to say, that in the same way that John baptized with water, you're about to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now I know that in some circles, in some places, there's, there's a lot that people have added to that phrase, baptism of the Holy Spirit, in its definition and what it means. But let's stay close to the text here. It says, John baptized with water. We know that when John the Baptist was out in the woods, what was his message? It was repent and believe. And when people did that, when they were repenting of their sins on the inside and they were opening themselves to the kingdom of God and the leadership of Jesus Christ in their life, they were going to be baptized, right? The water would be falling upon them, or, you know, or they were dunked. It's hard to say, you know, exactly what the mode was. But what Jesus is saying here is that in the same way John was baptizing, the Holy Spirit is about to come and to fall upon his people. And the Holy Spirit in this way is about to fill each and every believer with the presence of God. This is awesome. And this is amazing. Right, and so it was the same thing that this baptism of the Holy Spirit. We want to connect it to belief, or you know, certain beliefs and certain behaviors. But really, it is about God doing something amazing on the inside and giving us the Holy Spirit. And then He continues in verse six. Says, then they gathered around Him and asked Him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the dates. The Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Now, I have to admit that when I very first kind of look at, took a look at this text, it was kind of like, man, these disciples, they just don't get it, you know? Like, it's, for them, it's all about the restoration of Israel, They're like, you know, Jesus, just come and throw off this Roman oppression. And would you just rule and reign on the earth? But then in doing a bit more study, realized that 
when Jesus starts talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, there's a lot of texts in Isaiah and other places that equated this with the restoration, the fullness of the existence of Israel on earth. And so it is quite possible that the disciples were not as selfish maybe as I first thought, but instead they were talking about the fullness of the experience of God that was about to come. But what Jesus says is this, that we are going to receive the Holy Spirit not because it's about Israel, but it's about the rest of the world. That God is giving this wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit that his life and love may spread from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. And that's just so important, isn't it? Because a lot of times when we think about our Christian life, the great temptation is to think a lot about what God is going to do in us, what God is going to do for us. And we realize that this Christian life is really about what God wants to do through us in the lives of others. You know, we have a, a kind of following things online. I, I realize that there's, you know, a bit of an effort, like, like all many churches going through the pandemic and, you know, you're working on a special offering and, you know, working on volunteers, getting connected again. I just want to tell you to get behind those things. And I want to tell you in spending time with your board and your staff that while that, you know, feels like we're trying to get things restored here, what that is really about is about reaching people in Allentown, Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, and beyond. And so I just want to encourage you to step in, step up. Um, maybe for some of you, you know, uh, online or maybe some of you sitting here to come back because this is a place that is primed and ready to continue to make this amazing impact on the community around it, the region, and to the ends uh, of the earth. Well, then I had just a couple of points, really. And that is this about you in Acts chapter 1. And then Trinity Wesleyan in Acts chapter 1. Maybe it would be some of the so what, you know. Well, why would we look at the book of Acts? Why would we look at this particular text and take away that God has a plan, that God is with us, and that God has a purpose? I think for every single one of us, and I hope that you would see this morning far beyond a job interview, but that you would receive words from the Lord this morning, that you'd let him minister to you. That if you are in a place where you feel like you're kind of having to begin again, you know, that maybe spiritually, you know, you feel like you're, you're at this place that's, you know, kind of, um, I feel kind of like spiritually I'm beginning again, you know, like things were kind of unraveling a bit, you know, during the pandemic time, and I'm trying to begin again. Maybe for some of you, you're, you know, trying to get reconnected and to move forward and to, you know, move into God's purposes in your life. I want you to know that this is a wonderful and a great place to do that. I want you to know that in the pandemic time, that a lot of times what we experienced, right, was 
a, a real stress and strain on our relationship and on our finances. I want you to know that if you're finding yourself in that place, that this church has the places and the community that want to help you, that want to come alongside you, that if you're needing a hand, you're needing some help, you're needing encouragement, you know, you're just, you're needing to get it going spiritually again, that this place has the resources of Celebrate Recovery Counseling Center, just a, a number of opportunities to make that happen in your life. And then I want to say for Trinity Wesleyan and Acts chapter 1 is that where we find ourselves this morning, though maybe even a few months ago we weren't anticipating that we would be here, I want you to know that God has a plan, that God is with us, and that God has a purpose, right? He's not up in heaven like, oh no. What are we going to do, right? He's just looking for us to look to him and for him to give us that direction. This church has a a beautiful vision to reach 1% of the Lehigh Valley. So I've done the demographics, and there might be a lot of people online this morning, we hope, but we're nowhere close, right, to that 1%. (laughs) That God is not finished with us here. He is not finished with you. He is excited about the future that you're about to step into with him. He has a plan. He is with you. And he has a purpose for this church to make a difference in this region, in this community, and in the world across. And so, I will say this, that I don't have like any kind of campaign slogan or you know, um, make Trinity great again or something. I, I, I don't, that I don't have for you. <laughs> but all, all I would ask is that you just seek the Lord and you'd have a desire in your heart um, that a part of your vote is that you want to do God's will this morning and let him lead you, you know. Pray and then do his will. Now, I realize too that For some of you, there's still a bit of uncertainty to it. And I was thinking about, for the last few days, um, so I don't really know my way around Allentown yet. So I've been very reliant upon this guy (laughs) to get me there. And I'm very thankful because every address, even when I had to begin again, (laughs) um, but every address that I've put in all weekend it has gotten me to where I've needed to go. And so for some of you, if you have a degree of uncertainty, there might be in the same way that I'm trusting my phone and the maps in here, that you're going to have to put a bit of trust in the leadership of the church, those we have met with, and Dr. Carl Eastlack, who is the one that's kind of bringing us together and you know, has uh, been encouraging us in this process all along. I also want to say that some of you might be thinking like, wow, this is a a really fast transition, you know. And to be honest, um, I'm really struggling with it a bit because I've had so much grief and change 
in my life over the last 14 months, I can't believe now I'm experiencing that in a pastoral transition at church as well. And I totally get it. I totally understand. But I want you to, I'd like you to think of this, that even in the midst of pastoral changes, the leadership of the church never changes. God has always been here since day one, and he's still with us here now, asking us to discover his plan, acknowledge that he is with us, and to fulfill uh, his purpose here. And so um, what I want to do is just to leave you with this final scripture, if I could, Acts 1-9. It says, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. And so this is the moment that Jesus ascends into heaven. And things have changed once again. But God has told them he has a plan, that he is with them. And that their purpose is still strong. You know, the Holy Spirit's going to be with them on this mission. But I will tell you this, is that there will be a moment when Christ returns. And he comes back again. Much the way he left. And he is calling us to be faithful, to be faithful. Don't you want to be doing his will? Don't you want to finish this race being able to say, Lord, I did all I could to love you and to reach people with your love. That's what we're looking to do. So God bless you. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Now, our instructions is for you to have the congregational meeting. And we're going to leave, but I won't want you to see our leaving as disinterest. <laughs> but please, ask you to do, you know, God's will. Uh, and if that's for us uh, to be together, then that's what it'll be. And uh, we will do all we can to reach this community, the Lehigh Valley, and the world for Jesus Christ. Let me close this in a word of prayer. Well, Heavenly Father, thank you for being with us. Thank you for always walking your church through every transition, God, in the same way that you were with these first believers, in the same way you were with your church, even as they were going through a death and resurrection and presence and ascension, God. You were with them, that you had a plan throughout, that God, even when we come to very uncertain times, when we don't even quite see the future, God, we know that you are there, that you have a plan that you have had a plan for this church since its inception. And God, you are desiring for that purpose to be carried on. God, thank you for the way that you are powerfully with us. Holy Spirit, thank you for coming inside. That Now, God, you are with us wherever we go. We take you with us. And so, God, would you do that in any kind of ways that we've been falling short of that. Lord, would you help us to live a life that is so in you, that is just so obvious to all others. And God, thank you thank you that the mission does not change the leadership does not change but that God you have a wonderful purpose and vision for us in the future so God would you help us to pursue that with all our hearts together not leaving one person behind and God if there's anyone that's kind of been on the sidelines and it's now in a way raising their hand saying I want back into the game God help us to open our arms to receive them again and God let's move forward together and all of what 
you have planned for this church in the future. God, thank you. And yours is the power and the honor and the glory forever. It's in Jesus' holy and precious name we pray.